Welcome to Drifted Podcast with Justin Kane. I'm your host and I welcome you today as you continue your journey of walking free from religion and functional Christianity into a relationship with God, one that is full of joy, discovery, and grace. Enjoy today's episode. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. I want you to catch this, please. If you walk out of this room with one hopeful statement, it's this. For we are God's, you are God's masterpiece. Why? Because he has created you brand new in Christ Jesus. And I know some of these things you may not understand. May the Holy Spirit kind of help you understand these things. But you'll get it in some time so that we can do the good things that he's planned. You are God's masterpiece. Let me say that again. You are God's masterpiece. Joe, you are God's masterpiece. Wendy, you are God's masterpiece. Kim, you are God's masterpiece. Jimmy, you are God's masterpiece. You guys are God's masterpiece. He has created you how he wanted you in Christ Jesus. So what does it is finished mean for you and I in this room this morning? The first one is this. It is finished means that you and I cannot improve upon God's masterpiece. You and I cannot improve upon this. How many are trying to fix something in their life? Mm. Don't do it. Because oftentimes our relationship with God is now always dictated by what we need to be fixed. And we feel like God is always trying to fix us. But with the gospel, now this is radical, and I know it's, it's hard to grasp sometimes, but God starts us here. You know, in the, the real world, we have to earn our promotion one step at a time and go up the ladder. God says, in Christ, you are complete and made perfect in me. This is how I see you. Now, whatever's missing, let's begin to build that in your life. Instead of, oh, I need to fix it, I have an anger problem, so God, I need you to work with my anger. God goes, I don't want to work with your anger, I want to work with your self-control that I've already given you. So you're not trying to improve upon God's masterpiece. How many see yourself this way before God? I know some of you struggle to stand before God and go, all right, uh, uh, yeah, I know you say I'm your masterpiece, but I really don't feel like it. You are God's masterpiece, and he can't, you can't improve upon it. But how many of us are trying to fix his masterpiece? And why are we trying to fix it? To bring him pleasure. But his pleasure comes from who? Jesus. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but what? Christ who lives in me. You are God's masterpiece. 2 Corinthians 5.17 and verse 21. When you have time, you can just jot these things down in your notes section, but read them when you have a chance to read through them this week. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, which he already said, whoever believes upon Jesus is saved, and he's a masterpiece, he is what? A new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? All things have become new. For he made him 
speaking of Jesus, I want you to catch these words. He made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be what? So on that cross, Jesus, for the very first time, experienced separation from the Father. Why? Because he was made to be sin. Whose sin? Everybody say ours. Or mine. That he who knew no sin, Jesus never knew a day of sin. He never actually bought into any temptation. And it says that he was made to be sin so that we could be made what? The righteousness of God. So that we could stand before God in a new position now. That I can stand before God as a son, not an unworthy servant. I'm now a son who comes boldly to the throne of grace because of what Jesus did. Not because of how good I am. I'm a new creation. So one of the things we cannot do, it is finished, means that you cannot, so please stop trying to improve upon God's masterpiece. It doesn't mean that you, God's not going to adjust things in your life. He just says, I want you to see yourself here. And then if you have anger or fear or worry or lust or addiction or whatever it is there, that's where I want to meet that need. I want to now invade that part of your life, not to condemn it, but to raise you up so that you rise above it. So when people deal with fear... Oftentimes we talk to God about the fear when in fact God says perfect love, what? Cast out all fear. So God wants to say, let me just fill you with some love for a moment and watch that fear go completely away. Remember the gospel is relational before it's functional. The second thing that it is finished means is that God no longer sees your past you can say it all right god no longer sees your past how many know your past very well right you can rehearse it probably rehearses in your mind every so often but god no longer sees your past what does he see what christ did this is the gospel. This is it is finished meant that now I'm God's masterpiece and I not I cannot improve upon God's masterpiece. The second thing it means is that God no longer sees me according to my past. He sees me now according to my future. So he looks at Gideon and he says to Gideon, what does he call him? Mighty man of valor. Gideon's like Who? He says, "Moses, I want you to deliver the people of God." Me? I can barely talk. Oh, we need a king to come after Saul. So they go and they find all these brothers. And uh, Samuel goes, oh, him? Nope, him? Nope, him? Nope. Do you have another son somewhere? Oh, yeah, a little boy. He's in the shepherd field somewhere. You want me to get him? Yeah, get him because that's the one. David's probably like, wait, me? I mean, I play, I play the harp. So she. Because God no longer sees what? He sees your future. He knows where he wants you to go. He knows what it, everything, the future and the plans and the hopes that he has for you. God sees that. So he's always working present to future in all of our lives. Your past means nothing to God. 
like it has no bearing on your relationship to him. Why? Because he no longer sees it. I'm going to share two verses with you. Psalms 103, verse 11, it says this. For as high as the heavens are above the earth. I want you to picture that. As far as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy. His mercies are what? New every single day. Toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he what? Removed our transgressions from us. That's good news, isn't it? So far has he removed our transgressions from us. Isaiah says it like this. I, yes, I alone am the one who blots out your sins for my own sake. And I will never think of them again. Once Jesus said it is finished, God goes, ooh, I love what I see. And then he raised him from the dead three days later, this day that we celebrate, and he goes, yes, now I can work with my sons and daughters as I see them through the eyes of the cross. So he's excited about what's in store as we partner with him. As we receive Jesus, he goes, are you ready? Because I got great works for you to do, not to earn anything with me, but because of you already have everything you need. So it is finished for us means that he no longer sees our past. The last and final thing is this. It is finished means that you can stop trying to be a better Christian and allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you. This is called surrender. This is called where you go, you know what? Okay, God, how many try to stop something and just a couple weeks later or couple days later, you felt like you fell right back into it. A few honest folks out there. Maybe you just, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to try to stop it because it's not going to work. And so what happens is we, we, we come to Christianity and we go, okay, I've heard for so many years I need to do this, say this, be this, talk this, do this. And so we try, try, try so hard to love our enemies. We try so hard to forgive people. We try so hard to to, to, to rejoice when everything's going bad. And we try. And in our own strength, it fails, and we fail and fail and fail. Because it's not by power, nor by, nor by what? Might, but by my power, says the Lord. By my spirit, says the Lord. Is that if you're going to walk out this Christian walk, it's not about trying to be better. Better means that you're here, and you can get here. And you're here, and you can get here. The Bible says that we go from glory to, it didn't say glory to glorious, to glorious, to glory, more glorious. It's from glory to where? He starts you at glory, and he says there's an upgrade, there's an upgrade, there's an upgrade. But it's not about being better. It's not about trying harder. It's about allowing the Holy Spirit who has been given to you to lead you, to guide you, to comfort you, to encourage you. He is the greatest resource that you have at your disposal. He will empower you to live this life. A couple passages before I invite the team up. Titus 3, 5, and 6 says these words. He saved us 
Not because of the good things that we did, but because of what? His mercy. And he washed away our sins and he gave us a new life through the Holy Spirit. And he generously poured out that spirit upon us because of what Jesus Christ, our Savior, did. I don't know what you hear when I say that phrase, but stop trying to become a better Christian and allow the Holy Spirit. But I hope that at the end of the day that you hear these words, that the Holy Spirit there is not to spank you, he's not to criticize you, he is there to say, I know how to walk this life out, and I will show you how to overcome, I will show you how to rejoice. In difficult moments. I will show you how to forgive people. That don't seem like they can be forgiven. I will show you how to love people. That don't seem like they can be loved. I will show you how to. Bless those who persecute you. Do good to those who have done you harm. I will show you. By my spirit. How to do these things. So each and every day. I don't pull out this bible and go. Okay what do I need to do today. No I pull it out and go. Holy spirit show me who I am. And then show me how to live this life out in a way that produces fruit for God. Because Jesus said these words, he said, I'm the vine and my father is the vine dresser and you are a branch. You know, branches don't strive hard to produce fruit. Can I get an amen? They don't go, oh, I'm going to produce an orange today. Oh, I'm going to produce an apple. No, they don't. What do they do? They abide with the vine. And as we abide with Christ, remember, gospel is relational before functional. Yes, God is interested in fruit. And fruit is never for the tree. It's for those who are going to partake of it. But as we abide with Christ in relationship, that's when we start to produce things inside of our life. So how do we respond this morning? As the worship team comes up, we're going to sing one final song. And I want you to think about three words. They all start with an R to help you remember it. The first one is repent. The second one is receive. And the third one is rejoice. I'm reminded of the prodigal son. Some of you know the story. He was actually now feeding off of the, the garbage that the pigs were eating of. And he had this thought. The Bible says that he came to his senses and he said, Man, my ser the servants of my father are eating better than me. I will go to my father. And I will tell him I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you. And he will say these words. I, or I will say to him, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me just like one of your servants. So he gets up. That's repentance. To change the direction and go, okay, I'm going to go toward my father. But as he's walking, this is so powerful. As he was walking, guess who saw him from a distance? His father, which represents God. And as he saw his son, it said these words. The Bible says that the father began to what? Run. In the direction of his son. And as he ran, he embraced him. And he kissed him. 
And I'm sure he put his arm around his shoulder, walked back to his house. And then he said to his servants, go, kill a calf. Get some new garments. We're going to have a party because my son was lost, but now he is what? He was dead, but now he's alive. And so there's a repentance, but then there's a receiving. Because remember, the son goes, I will tell my father, I'm not worthy to be called a servant. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me just like a servant. The father's like, what? You're not worthy. You're my son. You're not going to be one of my servants. So you repent. You receive. And then you have to learn how to rejoice. And just enjoy your relationship with God. God is not a taskmaster. He's not depressed. He's not discouraged. He's not disappointed. God sits on a throne, and I'm sure he's pretty okay up there. And he's okay with you when you just simply receive. So would you please just stand with me for just a moment as we sing this song. I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you need to repent and turn back toward Christ. I don't know if you need to receive all that God has for you. Or maybe you need to learn how to rejoice in what God has given to you, the good news of Jesus Christ. But wherever you are, while we sing a portion of the song, do what you need to do. And I'll pray for you right when we're done. Worship you, Lord.